welcome back, everybody. This is Optimus bringing you some fine sci-fi action from the retro futures culture tonight. Special guest, the esteemed, the illustrious, the fantastic, the smooth-talking Fenrir Seven Six Five. I have him with us tonight. We're going to be talking about one of the most esteemed, loved, and cherished sci-fi shows and movies, and that is Firefly slash Serenity by Joss Whedon. Mr. Fenrir765, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, you beautiful man. Hey, 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 don't don't keep saying that, because if our wives hear this podcast, that's the end of it. We won't have a podcast to do anymore. Well, you think you'd get me on another show and I wouldn't come back with that, <laughs> you know? Right? Speaking of beautiful men, there's a lot of beautiful men in uh, Firefly. There yeah. are. And beautiful women. Except the whole the whole cast is pretty pretty good looking. Except for Jane, maybe. Uh, I mean, he's got his charms. Come on. You got it. <laughs> You gotta give him a little bit of that. So he's got some. Arms. I mean, I, yeah, I would definitely want him on my side in a fight for sure. You know, very so, true. Uh, yeah, if you couldn't tell, we're here to talk about the sci-fi show Firefly, which then transitioned into a movie due to complications that we'll get into here. Firefly hit the air on the Fox network. Um, this was in like two thousand. Two was the original, like when it first hit the air. I think it was late 2002. Um, TV series credited by Joss Whedon. Um, Joss Whedon had been reading a book about the Civil War and wanted to explore what happened to the losers of the Civil War, and that was kind of a springboard. We'll get a little bit more into that as we go on. Um, let's share, Fen, first of all, your history with the series or your first impressions of the show or movie. What How did you first come across Firefly and what were your initial like thoughts, feelings, memories? Yeah, so it's strange. I kind of came into this this franchise. Is it you call it a franchise, I guess? I don't know. Like it came into this show backwards. I started with the movie. And it's it not was, a bad place to start. Yeah, no, definitely not. But I you know, just on a random one night, you know, with some buddies were like, Hey, let's go see this movie Serenity. None of us really knew about it, but we were kind of science, like science fiction stuff. And, you know, we're kind of excited about it. So we went and checked it out and I'm sitting in the theater, just geeking out the entire time. I'm like, this is awesome. It's got a little bit of Western. It's got a little bit of, uh, science fiction, you know, this kind of good versus bad, you know, all this stuff going on. And I think I went and saw the movie like three more times in theater. And then as soon as it came out on uh, DVD, I got it. And then I got it in Blu-ray later on. And I was just like, this is awesome. And then as I was watching the, one of the like commentary or something, you know, Joss Whedon was talking about the show. And I was like, wait, there was a TV show? And of course I immediately consumed all the, the, of the show and I, and I loved it. And, you know, the show wasn't as polished as the movie, but it definitely was, it was definitely top notch in my, in my book. I have very, I, I loved it a lot. So that, it also has a really catchy theme song. 
that is true, which is also written by Joss Whedon too. Joss Whedon, right? right. <laughs> I mean, what didn't he do for the show? I guess. Yeah, it was definitely a passion project for him. Uh, I had a buddy who, um, I don't. He just paid attention to all things sci-fi, and he got onto it right away. Like he was in, he was on that on that tip and he knew about it and he kept telling me, Oh, it's on Fox and they keep changing the night. He's like, it's going to be on Sunday night this week. And I would catch it once in a while. I would miss it. I only saw like three episodes when it was on the air. So later when the DVD dropped in like 2003, 2004, I watched it and I was like, Oh my God, this is so good. And then the movie came out. And of course I went and saw the movie and loved it. Um, I immediately like, I'm a big fan of Westerns. I'm a big fan of sci-fi. So all those notes hit me. Um, I love how it wears like a Western right on its sleeve. Mm-hmm. It's not shy about it. The show's a little bit more of that than the movie. I feel like we'll get into the differences a little bit, but the movie, since they had a bigger budget, they could kind of do a little bit more as far as the scenery. Whereas in the show with the limited budget, it, 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 it helped the show and also hindered it at times in every episode, the alien or the other planets were basically just like an old West town or something you'd find yeah. in McClintock or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was um, completely a Western in the show that just happened to have yes. spaceships. Right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, speaking of which, so we're talking about fireflies, American space Western dramas was classified television series created by writer, director, Joss Whedon. Whedon served as the executive producer along with Tim Minear, who also directed a few episodes. Set in the year 2517 after the arrival of humans in a new star system and follows the adventures of the renegade crew of Serenity, the name of a Firefly-class spaceship. The ensemble cast, who are all great, portray the nine characters who live on Serenity. Whedon pitched the show as nine people looking into the blackness of space and seeing nine different things um this is the part that i find the most fascinating um or a few parts but the show explores the lives of a group of people some of whom fought on the losing side of a civil war who make a living on the fringes of society as part of the pioneer culture of their star system in this future and this is the more time goes on the more i'm like he was probably really accurate with this prediction the only two surviving superpowers from earth were the united states and china Fused to, they form a central government called the Alliance, uh, which results in the fusion of two cultures. According to Whedon's vision, nothing will change in the future. Technology will advance, but we will still have the same political, moral, and ethical problems as today. That kind of keeps the show kind of timeless, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, what were, like, what do you feel about that prediction? China and the United States superpowers and kind of like, you know, I love how they sneak in all the cuss words are in Chinese, or at least for oh, yeah. television, so that they can say them all, a few, along with a few made up ones, which are really fun. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I think at the time of this, you would totally see, yes, China, US being the final two massive nations left in the world in a, in a very, far future right and you know now you're kind of thinking hmm, maybe not so much anymore with this but you know whatever the i just think it's really interesting how we're 
diving down this path of how much can art or media, fictional media be almost like a a fortune telling machine, right? So, you know, is Joss Whedon predicting the future or is he just making it up and happens to be really, really close, right? I don't know. It's cool though, right? right? Seeing how people can kind of see between the leaves and, and see what's maybe coming down the pipe and have a pretty accurate prediction on things. Correct. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of crazy that I think when I first saw the show, I wasn't quite sure that that was going to be the case, but now 15 years later, 20 years later, since the show 15, 15 plus years since the movie, it's a pretty accurate uh, prediction. I feel like, um, the show takes its name from its Firefly class ship, the Serenity. Um, the central characters live in it. They call it home. It kind of looks like a Firefly. And the cool, like the trademark thing about the ship um, is the rear end of the ship or the, the big drive engine that propels it lights up like a like a Firefly abdomen, which um, we don't have here where I live. I don't know if you have Fireflies there. Yep. I've never actually seen a real firefly in my lifetime. (laughs) Outside of Um, the uh, butt lighting up, it doesn't quite look like a firefly. I mean, it kind of, the wings kind of give a little bit of a vibe to it, but it's really more mm -hmm. about the the butt lighting up. The butt, right. The ship was named after the Battle of Serenity Valley, where Sergeant Malcolm Reynolds and Corporal Zoe were among the survivors on the losing side. It's revealed in the episode Bushwhack that the Battle of Serenity Valley is widely considered to have sealed the independence fate. They were resisting the alliance. They lived on the fringes of society and didn't want to be governed or incorporated with this bigger mess. Um, the alliance governs through an or- star system to an organization of core planets. Uh, forcibly unifying all the colonies under one government. Uh, it's comprised, composed of two primary core systems, one Western and the other Pan-Asian, which is the American and the Chinese. There's even some Japanese script I've seen in there too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was because the people that worked on the show didn't know the difference between Japanese and Chinese script or they mixed them together on purpose. Um, the central planets are firmly under alliance control, but the outlying planet and moons more resemble the old west this reminds me a lot of star wars where you know the empire of the republic controls the core systems and then like on the fringes it's kind of no man's land where you got the huts and gangsters the outlying areas of space the black is what they nickname it in the show are inhabited by reavers who are a kind of psycho cannibalistic group of nomadic humans think like the crazy wanderers from mad max 2 (laughs) <laughs> but in space mm-hmm. uh, captain of the serenity is malcolm mal reynolds who's played by nathan fillion who is i can't i couldn't see anybody else playing that role if they reboot this that's going to be a tough 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 boots to fill mm. um his first mate is zoe washburn played by gina torres and they were veteran brown coats of the unification war which mean they were the independence Mal buys this ship to live free. He doesn't want to live under the Alliance's boot and wants to live free and do what he wants to do and kind of work as a drifter, a freelancer. Uh, so they do smuggling and cargo runs. 
Um, there we're introduced to a number of characters that come in the show. We've got uh, River and Simon, brother and sister. Uh, River was subjected to some sort of um, body manipulation and tempering by the Alliance, and her brother Simon is a genius doctor who saves her. And we've got a couple other people that join. Uh, the show was cut a little short, and by the last episode, we finally learn some of the abilities of River, which are explored a lot more in depth in the movie. So on, on to the show. We've got our episodes. There were 14 episodes, only 11, I think, aired on TV. Three of them were on the uh, DVD set and seen for the first time by a lot of people. I'm just going to go over the episode list, Fen, and then let's talk about either favorite episodes or parts of episodes that you really, really enjoy. Um, I rewatched the series the past couple weeks and the movie a couple times. Uh, not the series a couple times, just the movie. <laughs> so our pilot episode, which was Serenity, which was a two-parter, that really sets up the show. Now, according to a lot of stuff I read, Fox did not like this pilot, and they actually had them write another pilot, which is actually episode two, The Train Job, which gets a little bit more into the thick of the action. And then we've got episode three, Bushwhacked. Episode four, Shindig. Episode five is called Safe. Episode six, which was a hilarious one. I forgot about our Mrs. Reynolds. Uh, followed by number seven, which was pretty funny, Janestown. Number eight, Out of Gas. That was not a funny episode. Number nine, Ariel. Uh, number 10, War Stories, which was a really enjoyable episode. I forgot about that uh, little bit there. Number 11, Trash. Number 12, Message. Number 13, Heart of Gold. And then the final aired episode, Objects in Space. Um, I'm just going to jump around. Like the first, the pilot, I, I enjoyed for what it is. It's got a little bit of a slow pace. They're setting some stuff up, but it really gives you a lot of backstory about Mal and Zoe and how uh, a lot of the crew gets on board the ship. Now, some of the crew's already there, right? Like, Kaylee's already on the ship at the time of this episode, um, and Nara's already there, but they pick up Simon and River and Shepard Book in that pilot episode, um, Serenity. And so you get to kind of see how they go about it. It's like a, it's almost like a bigger, the Serenity ship is almost like a bigger Millennium Falcon slash space home for people that don't want to be found by the government. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's exactly what it is. And it's interesting because like, you know, River wasn't technically brought onto the ship in the same way as anybody else. Oh, right. So right. You get this whole, right. you get this whole thing of that. like, they land in this town and they're picking up passengers to, to shuttle them for payment. Right. And it's just really interesting how, you have the main crew, which is Mal, Zoe, Wash, uh, Kaylee, Kaylee, and Jane. And then they pick up Book and Simon, and Simon brings his large box on, and come to find out inside the box is River Tam, and like in this cryo sleep type thing. And right from the jump, you know, there's something up with this girl, right? You just got to know that there's something going on with her. Why would you hide her in a box? And then you find out it's a sister and it just kind of things spiral from there. Yeah. They do a really good job of 
giving you just enough story to keep you like completely glued to the story to find out what the hell's going to happen next. Why? Like that part of the writing is really well yes. done uh, in both the show and the movie. So the, the, the execs at Fox didn't really like that pilot. They were like, we need something with more action. So Josh and Tim and Ear went back to the drawing board um and did the train job so serenity even though it was episode one it actually wasn't aired until firefly was going to get thrown off the air and they aired that as the last air date episode after objects in space which was technically the last episode so the pilot was actually the train job which was a more straight to the point heist uh maneuver where the serenity crew goes to jack some cargo uh, for a crime boss and the cargo ends up being medical supplies that these people really need. And this is where you see the morality. Cause even though the, the serenity crew live beyond the normal government and kind of work around the fringes of space, they do still have a soul. And when they find out that these medical supplies are needed by people, they find a way to make good, even though they're going to have to deal with the, uh, mafia guys later that was another good one um what's a what's an episode that you really enjoyed finn up next here you know i think i would have to say one of my favorite episodes is definitely jane's down it's a hilarious episode it's ridiculous it's it's just nonstop, just like wild because like jane is probably the most like over the top character in the whole crew like he's very much like driven by obviously money and you know gaining his payday and he doesn't really seem to have any loyalty to anything other than the almighty dollar and he but yet deep down you know there's more to him he just just he's very simplistic in his in his mindset right so this whole like Janestown thing where he's all of a sudden like a mythical legend hero hero (laughs) of this small town and he's clearly not that guy right he's clearly not the dude that really should be known for saving the town and it and what you come to find out is he kind of became this hero through an accident while also like leaving his buddy behind right yeah he was they were doing a heist job (laughs) yeah and his buddy Ditches his buddy and loses his payday, but in lose in the midst in the midst of losing his payday, like sprinkles the wealth across the town, and the town becomes like forever in his debt in a way. And it's just like this is not Jane at all. But that whole part where he walks around the corner and there's a like a statue of him, a statue, like, yeah, he's it's great. Like, he's like, oh shit, what did I do? I mean that that was a great episode for me. Um, I, I will say like overall, like every episode had its like moment for me where like, like the writing just like there are times when things just land, like there's a one-off comment that's just hilarious. Um, you know, like in the pilot, they talk about shooting them politely. Like how do you shoot somebody yes. politely? <laughs> um, you know, on the, the train job like that whole episode was just great where you know we were me and you were talking about this at the end of the episode when you know they're like giving the medicine back what is 
Mal do to the like t- face tattoo guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. He kicks him into the engine. Is like, does anybody else have a question about this? And the next guy's like, nope, we're good. You know, so it's just stuff like that. That's just wild. Um, I had another note on the episodes that I, I thought was really cool was uh, just a connection from the series to that there on that bushwhacked episode. Uh, there's this like crazy guy talking and the entire time he just kept going on and on. Uh, he sounded like Krieg from Borderlands to me. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's funny. So like, I just thought that was kind of a cool little connection I had there. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, there was just, like I said, every episode had its moments to me where I just like, man, I love that. I, I love how they do the storytelling. And then like, they bring a, they bring some levity to this super serious conversation that's going on too. So. Yeah. Um, I also really loved uh, our Miss Reynolds, uh, Christina Hendricks knocks it mm-hmm. out of the park playing at first, what seems like an innocent girl. They're kind of like the, uh, they were on kind of like this backwater planet that was, you know, maybe trying to be Alabama or something like that. And um, the crew's drinking and Mal is dancing with all these girls and all this stuff. And all of a sudden they, they're leaving, they get on the ship, and this girl's in the crate, or she comes out from behind a crate and basically says that she's married to him. He's like, wait, no, I didn't I didn't marry anybody. And then Shepard Book's like, well, actually, according to their rights, because you danced with her and you did this and you did that, you're married to her. And <laughs> like, it's this yeah. whole setup for a bunch of hilarious comedy. And Mal is so annoyed, and the crew's like, why are you being such a dick? He's like, I did not marry her. <laughs> There's so many funny moments in the episode. I don't want to spoil it uh, for people. Um, That was another great one. And um, the other one I really like before we get to the last episode, which is one of my favorites, but it's uh, War Stories. And that's where Wash is like getting kind of fed up and kind of jealous of Mal and Zoe going out on adventures because Mal and Zoe are really close and Wash is married to Zoe, but like he never gets to see his wife or, or he's feeling jealous that she's always hanging out with Mal and then he doesn't get to do anything. And they talk about their war stories. And so Wash gets a chance to go out on this uh, adventure and it turns into quite the war story for Wash. (laughs) Yeah. It's a pretty fun episode. There's I a reason off. why Mal always takes Zoe. Uh, yeah. Wash finds out and, and you know, comes to terms with. Yes, I was going to say, he definitely comes to terms to it. I will say one of the episodes, though, to really, to really watch, like, if you just really want to know, like, how the Serenity became the Serenity, is just watch the Out of Gas that's a good one too. That's a and, really good one. Yes. And oh my gosh, like, that's a great one. That is such that that's like the episode that I feel like came too late in the show. Uh the show's run. It, I think it was like episode 8 or something, so like halfway during the run. And it was probably aired completely out of order too anyway. Probably, yeah. Fox but, Fox really screwed the pooch with the show on TV. 
but it's the show that really gives you the background of everybody on the sh- not not everybody, but a lot right. of the big there's characters. There's a bunch of cool right. There's a bunch of flashback character moments in that episode that are great. Uh, like the whole fact that like Kaylee, how she became the ship's mechanic. <laughs> That's a great scene. <laughs> like, like it's just like holy crap. Um, yeah, you know it's just. They really give you the thing. And then like the whole dynamic of Zoe and Wash, like it wasn't what it is. Like, you... Right. Yeah. She, yeah. Cause that episode reveals how they meet and she's like, mm-hmm. I don't trust that guy. He's really shifty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's all that stuff like that. I just felt like if that came out like episode three, maybe like it probably would have, I don't know, landed a little bit better of a, and brought more people into the show or something. I don't know, but it was just, it was, yeah, I definitely think you could have probably, I don't know about three, but you probably could have pushed that up to around five or six or something. Yeah. But to be number eight, only because there's a lot of other character buildup that goes on before that, which makes it all the more entertaining. Mm -hmm. And you get the whole, like, and you really get that whole vibe of why serenity is so important in terms of the show. Right. Right. That it's not just a a boat flying through the air. Like that was a really I always found that interesting that they kept referring to Serenity as a boat. You know. Uh it's naval naval yeah. just translating naval talk to space talk. But it was just always like really cool that you know, everything referred back to that whole idea that this is a boat, this is on a river, not to confuse that with the character river but just like or on the ocean or whatever you want right. to body it's of water black. yeah black so you know it's just really yeah. awesome that they can and doing then that. uh i'm gonna jump to the the final episode of the season and i remember when i finally got to that episode on the dvd set i was like what what the god it's a because at that point yeah. the movie wasn't out yet and i the internet what isn't was it was not what it is now. Like you couldn't just search stuff and it would instantly pop up or it wouldn't be, you know, you might find some of those things, but it wasn't as easy. But, um, so episode 14 objects in space, we finally get a glimpse of rivers powers when a bounty hunter comes to try and capture her. And also she'd been having more and more episodes. She hurt Jane in that episode. And they're talking about what we're going to do with her. And Mal's like, I got to think on this. Like we can't just like, throw her out but i want to and this bounty hunter shows up and infiltrates the ship and uh he's kind of like like your classic bounty hunter from a western or from star wars maybe like a boba fett type character who's really good at what he does but he gets outsmarted by Mm -hmm. uh, river's creative uh tactics and then the crew of serenity not being willing to just give up any of their crewmates to help this guy. Um, I thought that was a really cool episode. I also like the exchange between uh, Shepard and Jane later in the episode when <laughs> Shepard's like, oh yeah, I totally fought that guy. <laughs> yeah. But that was like kind of setting up at the end of that episode that kind of sets up what would have been season two. Unfortunately, the show was canceled. And it was left to limbo for a while. And between the fans and Joss Whedon and some people at Universal Pictures, they 
got some momentum going and we at least were granted the movie Serenity, which we're going to talk about after we take a station identification break. Before we go into our station break, guys, there was a major disaster. There was a hurricane, Hurricane Ida. Thousands were affected. Urgently, urgently need support. Help the American Red Cross provide meals and shelter to these families. Donate today to the Hurricane Ida by going to redcross.org or calling 1-800-RED-CROSS. Uh, if you can do that, if not, I understand, but at least you got the message out there. Uh, thanks for listening to Retro Futurist Culture. We're going to be right back after station identification. Hey kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on Cinephile Hissy Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Hey, welcome back to Retro Futures Culture. I'm joined by Fenrir765. We're getting into the nitty gritty on Josh Whedon's Firefly TV series and the accompanying Serenity movie masterpiece. Fen, we were just about to get into the movie Serenity. So you actually saw the movie first. That is correct. That's awesome. I saw the series first and then saw the movie. I almost missed it at the theater. It was one of those things where um, it came. I was like, yeah, I'll go see it. I'll go see it. And then a couple weeks later, I was like, wait, why isn't it playing? I found like the last theater in town that still had it on a screen because it didn't do as well as I think they had hoped. Um, which is like so we, par for the course, right? For that front, the whole, you know, and I really feel that part of it is that this show, this concept, this universe, and this movie were probably like 10 years ahead of their time. Like they were a little too ahead of the pulse. I think that had it been 10 years later, I think they would have had a lot more uh, viewers. Um, I think more people would have probably discovered the show and fell in love with it. I, I really think they were way ahead of their time with some of that stuff. But uh, so in 2005, we got the movie Serenity that is based on a lot of Joss Whedon's notes uh, and ideas that were going to be the season two of the series. And they had to condense that down into a movie. Um, The original script he wrote for the movie, he wrote on the title, The Kitchen Sink. And they were like, this is awesome, but we got to trim this down. (laughs) So he had to work with some of the other writers to trim it down into something that was more... uh, filmable um the plot of the movie is uh let's see i love how the movie opens um so our central planets form the alliance they won a war against the outer planets with independence who resisted river tam is conditioned by the alliance scientists into becoming a psychic assassin like warrior kind of like they were making i feel like he borrowed this from mobile suit gundam like they were making a artificial new type you know, someone who can fight better because they can see and feel things before they happen. She's rescued by her brother in the opening of the movie, which is amazing, mm-hmm. by Dr. Simon Tam. That whole part is amazing. Um, during her training, River inadvertently read the minds of several top government officials and learned their secrets. This plays into the plot like big time. Consequently, an Alliance agent known only as the operative is tasked with recapturing her. Uh, He is amazing, by the way. Uh, I'm going to butcher the shit out of that guy's name. But (laughs) uh, Chiwit 
Oh man, now it's right to my tongue. Ugh. Anyway, Chuita Idafor, something like yes, that. Yes, yes, that sounds better than I was going to say it. Um, he's amazing as the operative. And if you watch the show, you knew that Simon and River have found refuge. I feel like the movie does a good job of kind of fitting that all together for you if you hadn't seen the show. Um, they have found refuge aboard the Serenity with Captain Mao, and so Wash. Jane and Kaylee. Despite Simon's objections, Mal brings River on a mission on a bank. And this is cool because with the bigger budget, you could tell that Joss had a little bit more fun because they actually like built a hovercraft to use instead of just like those Western sets. <laughs> they had just like um, a four wheeler running around town. <laughs> yeah, it's it's your standard like safe robbery, and River warns him that the Reavers are showing up. Those space cannibals. They escape, but. Simon decides he and River will leave at the next port. Once there, however, a subliminal message on a television commercial that the Alliance is pushing out triggers River to attack a bunch of people. Mal takes them back aboard the ship. The crew contacts a reclusive hacker, Mr. Universe, who's a really fun character. I, I enjoyed him. Um, and he looks at the message and shows them the subliminal messaging that's designed to trigger River's mental conditioning. Uh, River had whispered the word Miranda before attacking and and uh, he lets them know someone else has looked at this footage or been through this footage. He can see digital fingerprints. Mal then receives an invitation from Inara, who was part of the Serenity crew as the companion. We'll get to the characters in a little bit. And she had left during the series and uh, Mal realizes it's a trap because, you know, they didn't fight while they were talking on the video phone. Uh, Mal goes to confront to see what's going on with Anara and then con confronts the operative who promises to let him go if he hands over River. Uh, Mal barely escapes. Miranda is discovered to be a planet located beyond a region of space swarming with the Reavers. Hmm, what's going on there? The crew flies to the planet Haven. Uh, where their buddy Shepard Book lives, and he is mortally wounded. Mal has a few last words with him, and we never do get to find out Shepard Book's true history, which maybe we'll talk about on the character section. The operative says he will kill anyone who assists them until he gets to River. Uh, he's doing his job. He works for the Alliance. He's trying mm -hmm. to bear down. They deem it important. That's how he sees things. Mal decides that they're going to disguise the Serenity ship as a Reaver ship, and they're going to go to Miranda, which is through Reaver territory. Uh, when they get there, they find this pristine planet with 30 million colonists dead, and they find a data recording that explains that experimental chemical had killed 90% of the population, but the other 10% of the population turned into raving, mad, psycho lunatics, which I feel like, after watching this again... I feel like Borderlands borrowed that for the psychos. Uh, <laughs> Probably true. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, when I was watching this, I was like, well, there's a lot of shit Borderlands borrowed. The Western setting, uh, Psycho Cannibals. Okay. So it turns out the Alliance had created the Reavers and were trying to cover this all up. And that's what River uncovered because of her psychic abilities. Mal contacts Mr. Universe. He agrees to broadcast. However, the operative kills Mr. Universe. The crew finds us out and they provoke the Reaver fleet into chasing them so they can get back to Mr. Universe, but uh, with the Reavers in tow to distract the Alliance. 
uh, oh, this is one of the worst, saddest things. Uh, so they make it to the ground. Everything's good. Wash had this trademark phrase that he was saying while he was flying. He says, I'm a leaf on the wind and watch me mm-hmm. soar. And then we lose Wash at the very end when they land safely. It, the timing on that is amazing. It still kind of stuns me every time I see it. Um, <laughs> it's a jarring like moment. Yeah, the it's transition. Just... It's great. It's really well yeah. done. The crew make a last stand against the Reavers to buy Mal time because Mal has to go and use the backup system because the operative killed Mr. Universe. But the op, uh, Mr. Universe was smart enough to leave a message for Mal and tell him how to use the backup system. With his sex bot, of all things. Yeah, I was going to leave that for spoilers, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. The Serenity crew has quite the battle with Reavers. Simon gets shot. Kaylee gets stuck with some like poison darts. Um, Rivers having a panic attack. Simon's like, I need my medical kit. They're, they might die. At the last minute, when River sees her brother down, she jumps out there, throws the med bag in, and goes into full on like battle mode. Um, I think at this point it's a good part, a good point to bring up as I was watching the extras that um, these fight scenes were really well done, like amazingly well done. And when I watched the extras and I saw who was directing the fight choreography, it was a young Chad Stalhisky, Stalhosky, who also worked on the Matrix films, but is probably much more known now for being one of the directors of the John Wick trilogy. So this guy has been doing great fight scenes for many, many years. Um, Mal fights the operative or the operative gets in there and fights Mal. They fight. They have a great fight. There's some awesome dialogue exchange. I'm not going to spoil that because I want you people that haven't seen this movie. Even if you have no interest in the show, please at least check out the movie. It's amazing. That's a great fight scene. Um, And Mal beats the operative and plays the broadcast and then the operative kind of understands more what's going on uh the doors open and river has taken out all the reavers um the operative the alliance troops storm in and the operative radios them and says stand down we're we're done um the operative actually helps the serenity crew and tells mal that the that broadcast has weakened the alliance but uh parliament you know still maybe after river and simon uh mal says if he ever sees him again he will take him out and the serenity crew takes off and river is mal's new pilot or co-pilot um i love the movie i'm just gonna say this like as much as i enjoy the show because of the bigger budget you know using they didn't have like a huge, huge budget, but using better camera equipment and better effects and a bigger, more involved story, the movie is really, really good. The The show I enjoyed, but all the handheld camera footage, which I got while they were doing it, can get old. And the movie's using more traditional camera setups, you know, wide shots, pan shots, you know, zoom shots, mm-hmm. action shots. The show literally only used like three shots and they were all kind of handheld camera shots. And I think that was for budgetary reasons. <laughs> you I saw the, the movie first. Yeah. So. I was going to say the nice thing about the movie was since I saw that first, I didn't feel like I missed anything. Right. Like I just, it took off and like, yeah, it maybe does no- a really good job. If you haven't seen the show, it does a really good job of setting every, and that was part of their goals when they wrote mm-hmm. it. They're like, 
this has to continue the story, but you also have to make it so that if you've never seen the series, it's still pretty interesting. And I think yeah. what they did works, and those characters have such a spark to them that yeah, it keeps I, you uh, interested. Yeah, it's just, it really was, like, you can tell there was a bond to it, and you but you didn't feel like you were missing, like, where that bond may have came from. You know, maybe some of the details of the river and Simon issues, because, you know, Mal talks about how they've been on their, been on his boat for eight months and, you know, all these things that could have happened previously, you know, you kind of get the sense of like, there may be a little bit more hijinks before the movie and the show fills that in obviously, but it was just one of those things that you didn't feel like you missed something by watching the movie only. And I really enjoyed it. And I think that they did an amazing job with it. I think that it's a great concise story and you can tell that they were set. You could tell at the end of the movie that they're still like leaving. They left the door open for some things, right? It's just, there was, there was a, uh, they were going to do another movie. Um, but I guess it didn't quite hit the mark for Universal to want to pull the trigger on another big budget production. Now, I know that I haven't gotten here yet, but I know there's been several comics or graphic novels that have like added to the stories. Yeah, there's there is. I have not checked those out either. There's a bunch that have backstories or more stories of the crew. Mm-hmm. I know there's a whole limited series that talked about Shepard Book's history because he was a character that was very interesting in the show that had yes. some moments that were never explained. And that's kind of what, that's one of the things I liked about the series is they would just give you little bits and pieces to keep you wondering. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Like, yeah. Um, you know, it's just interesting. Well, let's, while we're talking about yeah. the characters, Finn, let's go. Let's go through some of the characters. You wrote some great notes in here. I'm going to let you take lead on this because I feel like you did amazing, and I'll just throw in my my few uh, pence here when we get to it. Um, you're going to start here. It looks like you've got Captain Mal Reynolds. Yeah, like you you kind of hit the nail on the head. The whole thing where Joss Whedon pitched it as like nine different people who viewed space in a very different lens right so mal is definitely that rebel without a cause you know a man who lost his way uh and avoided brink of destruction several times you know he hides everything behind sarcasm and his wit but the one thing that you always know about mal is he's always going to come through in the end for those that need it and for his crew and you kind of always get this vibe that he's kind of like robin hood Right. He he will do what he can to help those that absolutely need it. But there is a line, though, that he will. He won't. His crew comes first, like his people come first. And if if he has, he won't sacrifice them to to make something right, if you will. And I think that comes from like the unification war from the Battle of Serenity Valley. Like you can tell you know, he was willing to lay it all down there. And then when it ended, it was just like, well, what do I have left? Right. And yeah, he's, I think through the whole series and through the majority of the movie, he still is in this. I have nothing, but yet he did have a lot of things. He just wasn't open to it. Like, or having his eye on it yet. 
So yeah, and I feel like the 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 MacGuffin for him in the movie when he finds out about what the Alliance covered up that gave him a cause and he's like, I'm not stopping until I reveal mm-hmm. this. Um, and, and there's a change in his character at the end where he's more open to where he's going to go next. He's not lost anymore, but the end of the movie yeah. he now knows what his path is. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. He said, he has this whole line where he says like, I'm a rudderless boat. I just go where the wind takes me. And, and I think when Shepard book dies, like the whole, like you have to believe in something. It doesn't matter what it is. He's not talking about religion. He's not talking about higher power. He's right. just like, yeah, you just need something. You need and a beacon. He, <laughs> and I, Mal never had that. Right. So, right. You know, I just thought that, you know, his, the movie and, and, and the show in so many ways was like him trying to regain redemption for maybe, something that was never something he needed redemption for to begin with. So, uh, you know, he's definitely the main character and he's played beautifully by Nathan Fillion. And if you go back and watch it, you're just going to go, Holy shit. He's young in this. I mean, it was what 15 years ago, but or 20 years ago almost. So yeah, he is definitely young, but it's just wild watching him as a young actor, I guess doing that. Uh, River Tam and her brother Simon like that that was such an interesting dynamic between the two of them Uh, they really are one without the other and I felt like River Tam like personified this whole like lost innocence that could never be regained again because she was this child with exceptional talent and abilities who then was abused by you know, manipulated, tortured, <laughs> enhanced. Yeah. By this, by the government. Right. And it's funny yep. in the series, you get this whole thing where Simon, you know, he's a doctor, he's a brilliant doctor and he's working for Alliance hospitals. And, you know, he's kind of on this path to becoming, you know, like surgeon general, if you will. And he starts getting these letters and realize what's going on with his sister. And that's how he, uh, figures it out. And then obviously he breaks her out of the Alliance uh, stranglehold that, sh- that she's in. And, but she's a broken doll now. Like she's just completely, you know, not what, who she was when Simon had lost seen her before she went off to this air quotes school of gifted children. Right. Right. And so, you know, he also becomes this, I don't know, like a golem of protector, you know? Yeah. He becomes obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's, those two also have the thing the movie does probably better than what the show did only because I think the show was, was meant to last longer, but the character arcs in the movie are tighter. So by the Mm -hmm. end of the movie, river has changed. She knows who she is. The crew knows who she is. And there's some sort of, inner peace after what they went through. Right. Yeah. Um, Simon, the same thing. Simon now knows that his sister's okay. He doesn't have to look over her. Now he can live his own life a little bit because he gets involved with uh, another member of the crew. So um, that was really cool to see that happen. 
I think if we uh, got a character, your next character here, this this person doesn't really change at all. <laughs> no, he is who he is, right? It's Jane. And, you know, he's a merc for hire. And, you know, we get a little glimpse of Jane throughout the series where he kind of, you know, you see, like, he comes from a family that it, I, you don't quite always know, like, it, does he come from, like, a family of means or if he just comes from, like, a a tight knit family. And he's just like, Nope, I'm going to go off and do my own thing. And he's always about finding the next buck. And, you know, he has no loyalty except for his own. And, you know, somebody could come along and obviously offer him a higher payday and he may take it. And that was kind of in the series, a big, uh, challenge for Jane. Every, um, not every episode, but like several times, like he could have, you know, been easily swayed, And in fact, one time he was persuaded to, to do something that was, you know, pretty detrimental to the whole crew of Serenity. And somehow, uh, he realized like, I'm actually losing the things that actually are good. And he was able to kind of see the error of his ways and come back to it. But he was definitely the same person from episode one to the end of the movie. Um, minus maybe gained a little bit more loyalty to the people around him. Yeah. There's an episode that probably, uh, fixed that. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Uh, <laughs> next we have, uh, uh, Zoe who's Mal's, uh, like right hand woman. She's not married to Mal, but they fought in the war together. She's the first mate and, uh, her and Mal tend to do most of the fighting. Yes. What are, they, what are your thoughts on Zoe? I feel like she is like that symbol that redemption can be found. And they were both in the, the unification war. They both fought the same battles. And, you know, I think the out of gas episode kind of shows that like at first they were both kind of jaded and, you know, really angry and they wanted to live this life of solitude on their ship flying around and, doing their things to avoid the, the Alliance. Right. But mm-hmm. she kind of starts hooking up with the pilot wash and they end up getting married. And that kind of shows that like, you can't be too far gone. You can find that redemption. You can move forward with your life. You don't have to be stuck in this, you know, same, I don't know. Wash is the, the perfect, like Yang to her yin. Right. Yes. He's he's got a more optimistic viewpoint. He's funny. He's charming. Um, he's a bit of a class clown, but in a in a cute, funny way, not in a, a jackass way like Jane is. Yeah, and you know, and he in essence kind of what saves. I don't want to say saves Zoe, but it just he brings her back to a grounded sense of like you can move forward with your life. Whereas Mal never really got that for at least the majority of the life of the show and movie. And I think that the two of them, Zoe and Wash really kind of present this whole, like you can go forward with life and, and have fun and, and not be stuck with the sins of your past, if you will. And then we talked about earlier, Kaylee and she, I I won't lie to you. I had a thing for Kaylee. Probably still have a thing for who, Kaylee. Who doesn't have a thing for Kaylee? She is awesome. And 
you know, she is the engineer. And the thing that I I find interesting about her character is her job is to fix the ship, right? To keep the ship together and keep it going. Well, I felt like she was the glue for the crew as well. She was the reason why. Yeah, that was almost like a metaphor. Yeah, like she kept fighting to keep the crew together as a family rather than uh, just letting things kind of fizzle out or people walk away. Like she was always about making sure people always came back home. They always stuck their necks out for each other. They always did the right thing by each other. So you're right, the the job and her actual interactions on the show was that and and she was just a beautiful lady not gonna lie just (laughs) gonna keep that one going and then we get to shepherd book who is a religious man and gets recruited on the ship um what are your what are your thoughts on shepherd book he's the morality compass yeah he's the morality compass of mal like he's the guy that always challenged Mal to to do good, right? And because I'm not saying Mal was a bad guy and did evil things, but he was just like he would remind Mal that you don't have to cross as far over that yes. line. Like he would help him toe that line, and yeah. But at the same time, he'd always do this, like in the sense of like he knew where when crossing that line what would happen like what would happen to you as if he'd lived it exactly which they hint at a lot there's even some encounters with the alliance where he has like special treatment and i feel like i I haven't read the shepherds thing but i feel like possibly his backstory was he was like a spec ops guy for the alliance because he must have done some of the dirtiest of work and that's what drove him to becoming a preacher he's like i gotta i gotta cleanse my soul after what i did well and that's where like i always felt like shepherd book was the operative from the movie like they were cut from the same cloth they were right right that passion and that drive yeah and like he knew like why like when he said like they'll come at you sideways well he knows it because he lived it right he was an operative that's what i mean yeah you know and and i feel like and and i always thought it was like i i chuckled the same every time i chuckled this part of the movie where mal and book are talking with each other and he's talking about how the operative is going to come out of sideways and mal goes well you're gonna have to tell me stories about that part of your life acknowledging yeah (laughs) Like, but it's like acknowledging this whole like you are a mystery and you will not let us in on it, yeah. will you? And and I love how like you say he says, No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That brings us to our I'm gonna just take the take the wheel here. That brings us to our last main cast character, Inara. Uh you can have Kaylee. I'm gonna take Inara because I forgot about Morena Backerin. She's amazing. Um mm-hmm. she was the ambassador. Uh, companion right like she they were kind of like a geisha high-end prostitute but also held high clout uh with government officials it was like a fancy escort yeah pretty much she's trained in a lot of ways of negotiation and um 
like humanitarian tactics, but also you get some hibbity bibbity. Uh, but the companions get to pick who they want to sleep with. They're not like they're not like your traditional hooker who you know who gets just picked by anybody. Um, her and Mal have sort of an uneasy tension because pretty sure Mal is totally in love with her, but is afraid to admit it because you know it's too complicated to deal with. Uh, and your in your notes here. Uh, she proves to be the reason Mal should be a better person or strive to be one. Their tension drives many arcs in the show, but always comes off at the cost of him growing. And I just love the part in the movie when she calls the ship, she's been gone because that happened yeah. during the show and the whole crew's listening. Cause they know that those two are really into each other, <laughs> but they aren't, neither of them are willing to admit it. Right. She's not willing to admit that she's in love with this kind of rogue. Um, rebellious pilot and then he's not willing to admit that he's in love with this gorgeous smart talented accomplished woman because he hates her her profession basically um but when they have that video talk and the whole crew's like he's like what were you guys watching they're like yeah and he's like well we gotta go and they're like isn't what part of that's a trap he's like um Or they're like, how do you know it's a trap? And he says, well, did you see us fight? And they're like, no. He's like, it's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> because they always fight. Uh, so with that out of the way, with all the cast and crew, uh, Fen, you've got some great notes here. We're going to talk about the themes of Firefly Serenity. What um, What are your thoughts here? I picked, like, there's three big themes to me that kind of kept coming up on the show. And, you know, I, I find the, the idea of theme to be challenging because what I see may be different from you and anybody else that's listening to the show, but I saw belief, family, and morality. And belief really hit hard, I think, in the movie more so than the show. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, it's just, you know, I talked about how without a belief, you're just a rudderless boat. and a lot traveling in the wind. That's something Mal says several times or variations of that throughout the show and movie. And then book really like is yelling at him. Like you have to believe in something during those final moments. And then, you know, the operative is driven by his belief of a better world. Right. And yeah. And he's like fervent, like he's not going to, be dissuaded that guides that's his that's his guiding mm-hmm. light the operative's guiding light is i do everything for this belief that this is going to make the universe better and that's where like and, mis- belief can be dangerous it could be misguided yes, and it ought to be yes. virtuous and and i thought it was really interesting at the end of the movie where Mal, when you talked about how mouth threatened to kill the operative if you ever seen him again and the operative kind of responds with like you won't. You won't. Because, yeah. <laughs> because he won't, he, like, he's lost his belief. Like, he's lost right. who he is. Yeah. And he's he like, doesn't know what to do anymore. Right. I got to go on this, like, journey to find who I am now because everything I believed in is a lie. And maybe that was a circular tale, um, kind of like we just talked about earlier with Book. Like, I could see where the operative ended and having his entire belief system shattered at the Alliance made this cover up that that operative would then 
kind of fall into a similar path as either book or maybe as Mal, one of the two, right? I didn't think about that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, like circular. Yeah, take on the future of that character. You know, and then family. Like, I thought that was just kind of this whole vibe from the beginning of the show all the way through to the end of the movie. It was just always about looking out for the people on, you know, Mal was always looking out for his people. Uh, You know, I was kind of reading up on some of the ideas of some future episodes that they wanted to try to do. And they had this, I was reading this idea that Joss Whedon was talking about uh, that was a really cool episode idea. And it was pitting Mal against saving his crew only or saving, potentially saving a group of people on this dying planet as well. And this impossible choice he had to make. And like, it's just, they kind of spoil that he ends up choosing his crew only. And he ends up making the right choice, but at the loss of this, all these other people end up having to die in the process of it. And it was just one of those things that like, I feel like, you know, when I talked about earlier, Kaylee, she was all about keeping everybody together, you know, several times throughout the show and the movie, it was kind of like, mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to never like to see like the crew at odds with each other. Yeah. Fighting. Like she, she was, Oh, we're all in this together. Yeah, She was always in the middle of it. Like trying to, quelch the the fire that was burning with whatever argument that was happening and you know so even though they weren't family they were family right they were just this they were bonded together within the walls of that ship and yeah it was your classic dysfunctional mm -hmm. (laughs) family life on a boat and then finally that morality theme like i think it just goes to show you that nothing's ever black and white and they're always shades of gray and watching like every episode almost kind of landed with this idea of like, there was not an easy choice to get out of this problem. There wasn't a, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Like train job is a, is a perfect example of that mm-hmm. where they're doing this simple job, this heist, this gangster hires them. They're going to steal this cargo on paper sounds like the best job ever. And then when they get there, they're stealing medical supplies that are for these people that are in like horrendous condition. Mm -hmm. And that's where the morality comes right in. (laughs) Like you're saying, it's like, Oh man, this can't be this complicated, but it is. Yeah. And and they can't just go back on it. Cause this, the, the mafia is going to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, like, and then you see Mal kick Niska's like, dude into the into the jet engine and you know but like then later on it bites him in the ass because that in that war stories episode you mentioned earlier that's when niska's getting his revenge yeah oh gosh that's a great yeah that whole bit where and and i love that again the family and mal uh mal knows in that episode in war stories that wash isn't going to survive unless mal can keep picking him on Mm-hmm. And he eggs on Wash a lot to keep just to keep Wash talking and going because he knows that Wash can't take the amount of torture that he can. Mal is fucking tough. I'll tell you that after watching yeah. that episode. Uh, I was like, what the fuck? Wow, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's all good stuff. I, I forgot yeah. about that bit. That's great. Yeah, um, I mean, 
I just, those are the big themes I kind of got from it. And I'm sure there's more and people may have gotten something different, but you know, I just felt that there was a lot to it. And Joss Whedon did a great job just kind of building this universe and kind of building this crew of, you know, ragtag, you know, people from all sorts of different walks of life that just kind of eventually meshed together. And by the end, uh, found a way to coexist and move forward. And, you know, some of my favorite lines from the movie, like, you know, aim to misbehave, you know, yes. kind of goes against, goes into that morality thing. Just like they had to make a choice to, to kind of go against the, the grain here and cause a ruckus. And then, you know, that whole piece where Inara at the end is like deciding to stay on Serenity instead of going back. And Mal kind of makes that like sarcastic comment, like, you know, you made the right choice. Um, but he kind of, what is the exact way I shoot? It's just escaping me all the time. It's at the end of the movie where she's like, I'm, I think I'll stay on the boat. And he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And he responds back with the, that his typical sarcastic banter of like, you know, you made the right choice and, but he kind of leaves it. Like he says, kind of this like question type comment to kind of like, and she gives him a little smirk back and, you know, you can kind of see like maybe that like animosity, not animosity, but that tension kind of has waned a little bit and maybe something could happen in the future between them finally. And I don't know. I just really felt like this, there is so much more to offer from the show. And I, and I hope, you know, maybe I need to go back and read the, the graphic novels and really get more from it, but it's just, I love this series and I'll probably keep watching it. There's every, a, yeah. And there's a bunch of cool, um, show specific kind of, um, slang. That's fun. Uh, like shiny. They say the word shiny for yep. something neat or cool. Um, you know, uh, there's that one where the guy's like, oh, you guys fought for the independence. And Mal's like, war's long over. We're all just folks now. Um, like I said, they mix in some of the Chinese. I like how they use the word Goram, which is sort yeah. of like, God damn. But yep. they're using Goram. <laughs> That's a great one. Uh, the aim to misbehave was great. Uh, one of my favorite parts is, uh, the movie has some of my favorite parts, but uh, the one where, the operative asks Mal what your sin is, and Mal's like, I'm pretty much a fan of all seven, but right now I'm gonna have to go with Wrath. Yes, I'm ready to take the sword and stick it through the guy. I was like, Oh my god, it's so well done and so well acted. I guess Nathan Fillion really like smashed his face on those shots where he's getting smashed yep. into the floor, like to the point where he actually had swelling and they had to stop shooting. And get him medical attention. Joss Whedon like, quoted oh. on the on the commentary. Goes, yeah, CGI that. <laughs> yeah. Like, All right. Yeah, there's so many. Uh, man, this has been so much fun, Ben. I'm so glad we finally got to come on and talk about a show that yeah. you both, both clearly, clearly love. Uh, Fen, where can uh, people find you on the interwebs if they wanted to contact you again and talk about your passion? for sci-fi and or video games yeah you can find me on twitter at the fenrir 765 or you can catch me on xbox uh live that's not even called live anymore just xbox at fenrir 765 
And uh, yeah, I'm also, you know, can I plug anything else or is that, is that all I get? Yeah, man, you plug, you plug you, man. I'm here for you. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I run another little podcast called the adultgamer.com community podcast uh, with uh, you, sir, Mr. Optimus. And uh, I was going to say, I know this podcast. I think I'm on it. Yeah, we uh, talk about video games and all sorts of things and what it's like to be an adult playing video games. So, uh, yeah, catch me on there and uh, or at the adultgamer.com in our Discord. So thanks for having me on, man. It's, uh, I love this show. I love everything about it. And it's definitely fun to really kind of go into a deep dive on how uh, how the show and everything has impacted me. Awesome. Well, I'm glad I can have you on. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Retro Futures Culture, a production of Ruminations Radio Network. Please subscribe, rate, and review our show. And we would love to connect with you on social media via Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Futurist Retro. Please visit ruminationsradionetwork.com for additional great shows such as Ruminations of Red Rum, Cinephile Hissy Fit, Forever Box, Tony's Tall Tales, and the classic Ruminations from the Red Room making a big comeback. For all your burning questions and passionate feedback, shoot us an email at ruminationsradio at gmail.com. This is your pilot, Optimus. I'm a leaf on the wind. Watch me soar.